wonderful listeners. I'm Kayla Jackson, and thank you for tuning in to Clearing It Up, the podcast. This is a podcast that shatters the glass on the assumed reality of the people we idolize. From influencers to cultural icons, I am interviewing them to uncover what their life is really like, not just the highlights that we see on social media. So sit back, put your headphones on, or turn up your speakers, and listen to me talking to these amazing people. Here we go. So hey everyone, sitting across from me is a very special guest. You may know her from Working Moms on Netflix or her hit movie, Long Shot, or from her music career. Wow, I mean, she does so much. Uh, welcome, Aviva Mangiela, to the show. Hello, hello, hello. Nice to be here, Kayla. Well, it's nice, uh, nice to see you. I'm, like, I've been such a huge fan of you for a little while, and I'm so excited to have you on the show. Wow, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you? What's been going on? Oh, man. I mean, kind of, you know, same as everybody else, pandemic stuff. Um, but then also, like, because the sun has been out and I live in the city now, I've been, like, walking outside a lot and, like, spending a lot of time outside making music. So been being creative and trying to, like, get in nature because I really miss it after the winter. Yeah, it's, like, it's kind of weird, like, where we are. I mean, like, in Canada, winter just comes for like most of the year and then it just gets warmer towards like May and then it it stops until like October maybe September and then it gets cold again so definitely have yeah. to seize the day when it comes to nice weather oh, absolutely if it does kind of feel like there's just two seasons it's just kind of like it's either cold and you don't go outside or you go outside <laughs> and it's really hot <laughs> it's really hot there's no middle <laughs> so you go by Karis on your Instagram and music but why this name? I mean, your name's Aviva, amazing name. You know, I'd love to be named Aviva because that's pretty cool. Um, so why this name? Is there a hidden meaning behind it or? Yeah, basically there was an, there's another artist named Aviva who when I signed my, um, signed my management deal like a couple years ago, we like discussed that there was already an artist who was like pretty established who had my name. So I was like, okay, well we can change my name. We can give myself a last name. So I was thinking about it. And um, I stumbled upon the name Karis on like a baby naming website when I was looking up, like looking up like unique names, like really <laughs> boring story. But then I found this name and it's derived from the Welsh word for love, which is Karoo. Um, and I just really loved that it meant love, something like so universal. My name Aviva means springtime or like rebirth, new life. So I was like, okay, well, my real name means like life. And then, you know, my artist name means love and and I do do this for love so it felt like the perfect name and it just looks cool too Karis <laughs> well it, <laughs> it makes so much it makes so much sense I mean now that you explained it it's it's kind of poetic it's very poetic oh thank you yes that's me very poetic <laughs> so first of all congrats on being a part of the virtual anti-social camp you know can you tell us about what you're doing there I mean can you give us a little about what it is and what you're doing there yeah, so basically, um, since the pandemic's been going on, there haven't been many songwriting sessions. And like, I, a lot of my songwriting depends on collaborators. Um, and because of the pandemic, we haven't been able to collaborate. So there's been opportunities like these virtual song camps where um, people from all over the world can like join the song camp, producers, writers, top liners, artists. And um, this one was run by uh, Danny Ross, who is a producer and a musician. And so he kind of brought a bunch of people together and like every day of the week we had a different session with like different people so it's like a networking opportunity and then also you get to like write songs and um I wrote like I wrote 
three songs and then one of them I'm like obsessed with and I I'm like so that that was pretty much the whole point it was like getting people to come together write songs over zoom because we can't do it in real life um yeah that's so cool um who are you I mean obviously there's gonna be amazing people there but is there anybody you know you're super excited to collaborate or you know talk to um from this camp yeah yeah oh yeah like everybody there so it was like it was like a lot of artists who are uh like who I had never heard of before but there were um there were also people in the camp who I'd known from like other camps and other stuff so I, I it's over now like we just finished it but um I was really excited to work with Lynx um I was excited to work with um Danny Ross is really cool uh there was also like I don't know if you know the overcoats I didn't get huh? to work with them I didn't get to work with them but uh the overcoats were part of the camp and I got to hear like some demos that they made so that was pretty cool that's all that sounds really cool really really cool uh yeah. so talking about your music career you've had over 30 million streams on Spotify wow you know I'd love to talk about what makes your music unique because it's very different I mean it's not yeah. like it's not like you know crazy out there but it's like it's really really cool like it's a very cool vibe and it's very when I listen to it it's very interesting and it makes me feel good like it's just a feel-good music what makes it unique to you thank you um yeah I think that for me like you ultimately there's eight notes on a scale and I'm you know I'm not somebody that like whenever I'm talking about what I do I'm not trying to pretend that I'm like Beyonce or I'm like the greatest (laughs) most different artist of all time but I do think that what makes my music unique is that it comes from my heart and I'm speaking truly from um my perspective on the world which ultimately I think I mean it's a cheesy quote but you know that thing it's like be yourself because everybody else is taken that's kind of the attitude I go into songwriting with and I do think that you know undeniably I take um like inspiration from the people that I love and listen to like Taylor Swift and Carly Rae Jepsen and One Direction like a lot of the like artists that I listen to I feel like come through in my music but I think that thing that makes it unique is that I bring my own perspective to it because that's all I really have like I think as an artist all you have is your own voice um and I think as time goes on too I think my voice gets more and more developed um as I get older I experience more things and figure out who I am well, I think that's what a lot of artists do. I can't wait to hear some more of your music as it comes out. Uh, so speaking of One Direction, I mean, I'm seeing on your Instagram, lots of One Direction <laughs> crop tops. <laughs> yeah, that's become my personality now, that that crop top. It opened the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I mean, I want one. I mean, I'm not a huge One Direction person, but I mean, the t-shirt looks really cool. Yeah, I was, thank you so much. Yeah, my roommate cut it for me. It was just like a One Direction merchandise top that I got at a concert in like, I think 2013. And I've had it for years and I refused to wear it because I never wanted to like ruin it. Um, And then I was like, okay, I really want to wear this. Like, it's so cute, but it's kind of like ugly. Like it's just the shape was weird. So me and my roommate cut it into a crop top and now it's just like, it's just the moment. I love it. I wear it all the time. (laughs) That's awesome. So, you know, talking about your music, I'd love to talk about your song, Princesses Don't Cry. I I mean, I love this song. Can you tell us about what it's about? I mean, I never really seen Princesses Cry, but I don't really know what, what what it means, like what the song, what the meaning behind it is. Yeah, a lot of the time when I go into writing a song, I also don't even know what it means. I'm like, what am I even talking about? But this one specifically, like, I just had this, um, the Princesses Don't Cry was the first lyric that kind of inspired the whole thing because um, 
there was, I was in a relationship like in high school where the, my boyfriend called me his princess and I kind of didn't like it. Like the way he called me that it kind of came with this, I don't know, this energy of like, I had to be a certain way that I was like, that I was, I don't know. And, and I felt like I was like put in this box. And I think as women as well, like we are put into this box, box of like what a woman can be. And it's like, either you cry and you're like a cry baby or being dramatic or, you know, you don't cry and you're like, I don't know, like, I can't even explain it. It's, it's like, no, I completely understand. Like we are put in this box. I mean, if we're too loud, we're hysterical. If we're too emotional, we're, you know, yeah, we're so judged I, too harshly. Yeah, exactly. I think so too. And I think like, I never found that my emotions were taken seriously. And so I think that the song was written from a point of view that's kind of like meta, where it was like kind of the voice in my head that was telling me like, you know, I know you feel sad about this, but don't make it a big deal because it's just not, you know, it's going to make other people upset or you're going to like make other people uncomfortable. It was kind of like my feelings felt like it was like a burden to the people, some people in my life at that time. So I think even at the time when I was writing it, I was I was like 15 or 16. So I didn't even know really why I was writing it. Sometimes words just come from this place, um, which I think is one of the, my favorite things about writing. Sometimes you don't even know what you're writing about or you don't even know what you believe about a situation until right. you write it. And then you're like, oh, is that how I feel? Like, is that how this is making me feel? And even now, when I listen to that song, I'll sometimes find different pieces of it that resonate with me differently now as like 23 year olds, even though I wrote it when I was 16. So, um, yeah. That's really interesting. I mean, it's cathartic. It sounds like it's cathartic just writing music down and your feelings down. Yeah, totally. It's like, it's my therapy. It's like, it's what's gotten me through everything. I love that. It's very Taylor Swift, you know, writing all your emotions, your sadness, your anger, your everything. Yes, queen. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, queen, yeah. So not only do you sing and write songs, but you act. I mean, you were in the major film Long Shot, Char- starring Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen, where you played a young Charlotte Field, which is Charlize Theron's uh, adult character. What was that like? Um, How did you get to? Did you get to meet Charlize or Seth? I got to meet Seth. Um, Seth was the producer and he was there and I was so starstruck because I love Seth Rogen. I love all of his movies. I remember when I got the audition, I was literally like, I don't know if I can book this, but like, I need to, like, I just have yeah. to. Um, and when I got the phone call, like, I remember like, it was like, um, um, I, they had started filming. I was literally keeping up with the production online being like, okay, are they going to call me? Are they, cause sometimes you don't hear back. You either get the role or you don't hear back usually with acting. Right. So I was like, you know, looking in it, I saw that they started production. So I was like, Oh, I guess somebody else booked it, you know? And I was pretty upset. I was like, okay, you know, you can't get everything, you know, one day. And, um, and then like two weeks later, I got a call that I booked it and they were going to fly me out to Montreal to film it in like two days. And it was truly like, I went to work and I was like, really nervous but like determined to do a good job like really prepared like showed up try to be really professional and then when I left that day I just cried I was just like oh my god what just happened like like young girl moment reaching like oh my god this happened yeah like it was just such a monumental moment even though it was a pretty small part like it was it was just one scene in the movie it just to me felt like the greatest thing ever I was just so I could I was so excited I mean, one scene, but it was a long scene. I mean, there was different parts to it. It was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty awesome to be to just experience that for sure. 
And so how did you get that? Did, did you do lots of uh, like auditions for it or what happened there? I literally sent in just one audition, one self-tape. Sometimes this was before the pandemic. So now all auditions are pretty much self-tape. You just like film it at home. Um, but um, this one was a self-tape even back then. So I just sent in the, the tape and I just waited. And sometimes you send in a tape and you get a callback or you have to do another audition. And with this one, I didn't get a callback or anything. So I actually thought even like, oh, they didn't even give me a callback. So I must have not booked it. But then I, it's very rare that you just do one audition and then you would book it. So to, it was just like a, it was like a weird circumstance. Yeah. And, and so like, there's lots of, I mean, acting very competitive, you know, mm-hmm. how many, how many auditions do you have to do before you book a gig? Like, is it like hundreds or is it? Um, I started auditioning when I was 13 years old and I didn't book anything till I was 17 years old. So that must've been. I want, I want to say probably like to 150 auditions, probably like, that's how it feels is it was like, I probably did 150 and it's like, you get really close and you don't get it. And you get really close again and you don't get it. And it, it can get really discouraging. Even now, you know, I, I book more consistently now, but even now I'm like, you know, I don't never know when the next job is going to happen. Um, and there's always like, you know, at least there's like a couple auditions between every, way more than a couple sometimes there's like you know sometimes you have a lucky streak you book a couple things but like a lot of the time it's like you don't you go like a year like I've gone like year without booking things do like 50 auditions and hear back from none and then I'll hear back from like four all at once so it's like it's very uh it's all it's all over the place and you got to get like really good at just rejection and moving on being like okay you know it wasn't for me you know but uh, there will be a project that's going to see something in me that's going to want to hire me. It's kind of just how I look at it. Right. And you can't take it personally, right? Because yeah, I think it's so important, though. And I I think that like, if you don't experience the grind, as I call it, like, if you don't experience the like, the nose, you don't get to win when you get that. Yes. Like, to me, I don't think I would appreciate acting or music as much if I didn't like have to fight for it and work for it and build and it is amazing to just be on the journey even like you know because I totally get what you're saying like I've been rejected so many times where it's like you could easily get discouraged you could easily let that stop you but when you don't let that stop you it only makes you better and then it makes you undeniable but you can't have that unless you do get rejected unless you hear no a bunch of times right and that 1000 no's that yes is like that yes can change your life Oh yeah. Like my first yes was backstage, which was crazy. Literally changed my life. So like it was worth waiting five years to book something. Yeah. You were awesome in backstage. I remember I was like 13, 14 watching you. I'm like, this girl is so cool. And then I was like, oh, that's you're in front of me right now. This is pretty cool. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Even like, I'll see like a clip for backstage. I feel so removed from it. I'm like, oh yeah, that is me. I guess that is, I did do this. I did that. Yeah. You did that. You did that. I did that. (laughs) (laughs) So when you were meeting Seth, did he, did you guys talk? Did he, did you get to learn anything from him? Any tips? Not in any weird way. Just kind of like, it was just kind of like, you know, showed up, did my work. We didn't exchange words. The only thing that happened was I got, um, I like, I put like a finger in my eye and I guess I had like dirt on my finger or something. And my eyes started getting like really red and itchy and like painful. And I was kind of like in the corner, like holding my eye and like it was in pain. And, and I look up and Seth Rogen is across from me. And no, me. he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. I just like, I think I poked myself in the eye. He's like, would you like a tissue? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he brought me a tissue. That was, the, that was the, that was the best interaction though. Like that's a funny story. And I was, I was happy enough to get that. 
That is the funniest story. <laughs> Out of all the introductions you could have with a major celebrity, wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god but I was also so awkward at that time like I was just too shy to say anything I was just like oh, okay I'll just like shut up I'll yeah, just bring job. me a tissue I'll just hold yeah, my eye. I, even even when he was like would you like a tissue I was like oh, I don't know should I say anything <laughs> <laughs> no it's fine it's fine that's <laughs> awesome you know now being on working mom such a great show on Netflix now it's on Netflix um what's the difference between shooting tv or film um did you say that that you know, backstage changed your life. Do you think working yeah. moms is definitely going to be a life changer a little bit? Absolutely. Working moms already, working moms changed my life in a way, not, not even from when I'm saying backstage changed my life. I even just mean behind the scenes, like just the experience of being on backstage changed my life. Like the friends I met and the experiences I had. And it was like, to me, it was like, I proved to myself that I could do it. I could, I proved to myself that I could do what I love to do. And I was like, so in my element and it just felt right. So it was like, awesome. And when I booked work in moms, that was like more of an intimidating role. Cause I'd never, I usually play high school and this was like a pretty eccentric character. Yes. Um, yes. Very eccentric. So, very much. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm a little out of my comfort zone here, but you know what? Like I was just so excited and the difference between TV and film is like, I get to go back every year and be on Working Moms and see the same people and like keep these connections like building. Um, and with a movie, it's, it's almost, it's like bittersweet because it's usually very short. It's usually like 30 days or like 30 to 60 days, depends on the movie. Um, but with Working Moms, it's really amazing that like, luckily they've called me back for multiple seasons. So I get to go and like, you know, see the same people and, and hang out. And it's a good environment as well there which is always amazing when you get to like, actually like you go on set and you, you get along with the people there and you're like-minded and um, yeah, just like good vibes. That's great. I mean, it's really important to have a comfortable set. I mean, walking onto set even now, do you still get nerves? Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Big time. Um, as soon as the camera goes on, I'm very nervous, but it's just kind of like, thing of I think that's also kind of why I love it because it's really liberating to face your fear in a way for me like when I go on set I'm never you know showing up to set like you know I got this no problem like you know it's always like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god like I'm gonna I'm gonna be on tv and it's like I've, I've done it like a lot uh, quite a bit now where I've you know I've done multiple tv shows done some movies but every single time I show up to set I'm like oh oh my gosh the camera it's gonna film me I'm gonna be perceived <laughs> and I just I really want to do a good job and I, I think ultimately that those nerves just mean that I care um Absolutely. so I, I take it as a as a good thing and, and it makes me like I'm like extra extra prepared to like make sure that I do the best that I can it's great that you do have nerves I mean I've had I used to compete competitively in karate. And so we, when we go down to the States, I would be like so nervous. Like I could never, I can't really describe how I would feel when I walk into like the junior Olympics or something like that. I just get, I literally like can't move for like an hour, just for an hour. Wow. I'm like, stand still. Don't want to move completely nerve, like shocked. So like, I totally get your, and then when you get on the mat, you're like, have to do everything perfectly you're like you're so aware yeah it, it, it's like something clicks in because even when I go on stage like right before I go on stage I'm about to throw up like physically right. can't even breathe my heart's pounding I want to throw up and then some somehow as soon as I take the first step onto the stage there's just some other thing that takes over that's like it's time 
like as I imagine when you're doing karate that 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 kind of takes over you just the only thing you can do is just be aware and be it's there. showtime yeah it's showtime game time baby <laughs> love it so you know talking about you just said you you are perceived when you're on when you're on camera you know, on your Instagram highlight page, I was like kind of cyber stalking you a little bit just to get all the information on you so I can ask you questions that you don't get like every single day. Um, so you said that for 2021, you won't be perceived. <laughs> what does this mean? I mean, I was like, just like for 2021, I will not be perceived. I was like, yeah, I just okay. decided I will no longer be perceived. No, that was a joke that I made just because, um, I have, I have so much insecurity around people seeing me a certain way. I like to feel like I just, if, if I could, I don't really believe this, but there's a part of me that believes that if everyone saw me as cool and awesome and they all, everyone loved me and no one hated me, then somehow it would make me more confident or feel better about myself. Right. Because ultimately if you are truly yourself, there are people that are not going to like you. Um, so it was just a little joke I was making with myself because I'm coming to terms with the fact that it's like, okay, I can either like try to be somebody that I think everybody's going to like and like kind of waste my time doing that. Or I can just be more of who I really truly am. And like, just accept that people are going to perceive me and some people might not like me and that's okay. And I'm just trying to like be okay with that. Um, but the, my way of, of putting that out there is just through complete sarcasm just being like <laughs> yeah so actually I I will no longer be perceived because I just cannot stand it the idea that someone could like misunderstand me or think I'm like you know annoying like it's so it's so like dumb because it's like really at the end of the day who cares um who cares you know, I mean I, honestly I love that like who who yeah. cares at the end of the day it's like people are mostly just cared like they they only think about themselves most of the time. Like when you think yeah. that, oh my God, they're judging me. And they're like, they're probably thinking like, oh my God, my shirt's too tight. Or, oh my God, you know, I've got something to do after school. Like they don't really care, but we like no. stress ourselves out about it for no reason. Yeah. And usually judgments people place on you are more about them than they are about you, unless you outwardly did something to them. But if you're just like being yourself and someone has a problem with it, it's just like, it's usually a part of them that they've suppressed or they don't accept in themselves. And therefore, because you're accepting it so openly or you're, you're being that way can like trigger them, which like, you know, there are people, and I know that because it's true for me too. Like there have been people in my past where like, I'm like, I don't know why, but I don't like that person. And then I'll heal something in myself or I'll realize there's something I don't like about myself that I then learn to love about myself. And then actually I realized that I'm not judging that person anymore because I understand why I was judging them in the first place. And it was just because it was coming from my own insecurity. So I just try to keep that perspective. Absolutely. Wow. I mean, I, we should just start a therapy show right now. This is like yeah. <laughs> next, one. next season. It's going to be all therapy. I love it. <laughs> like self-help, everything like that. Change everybody's it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> um, so where do you see your music and acting career in the future? Um, I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to just keep doing it. I also, to add on top of it, I'm trying to venture more into like the creative side of the film, TV and film industry. I want to, I, my goal is to create a TV series. Um, so that's something that like I've been thinking about is like, how can I get more involved? How can I make my own thing? Um, and, um, with music, I want to get more involved with being like a top liner for other people. So like not only writing my own music, but helping other people to write music for them. Um, so I'm hoping to expand in those ways, but then also like, I just love it. I, I hope that as time goes on, I get more like, uh, 
more challenging roles, pushing myself out of my comfort zone and then like, you know, making music that continues to resonate with people. Um, Cause I feel like I've found my path. Like, I feel like I'm on my path. I'm on my journey and I'm just like expanding it, looking to just expand it in different ways. And so when you're talking about expanding and you're making, you're making your own films, does that mean like what writing the script, producing it, directing it, all of that, or like just one of those? I don't know. I think right now I have like a, I won't say too much, but I have like a, I have ideas for kind of plot lines. Like I have like certain things start coming to me. Like, I'm like, Oh, I could write a short film about this or like, Oh, I could, you know, this could be a TV series or like, Oh, if I, if there was a movie about this kind of person, that would be cool. So right now it's like very much like, I'm just like playing around. I've written like scenes and stuff, but I'm not actually sure I'm at this point, like what that's going to become. I would love to write something though, like write a script. That would be really cool. Well, that 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 does sound really cool. I mean, I can't wait to. Maybe it comes to maybe it comes to the big screen and we get to see it. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Wherever it goes, I think it's like you know, I'm 23, and I and I try to remind myself of that because I feel like I have to do everything now, and then I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm only 23. Like I'm really still figuring it out, like who I am, what I want, and all these all this you know 23 year old stuff so you know I'm just trying to like take it slow and and uh have fun (laughs) (laughs) yeah have fun fun when you're 23 come on yeah just 23 year olds can have fun yeah I'm not an adult yet really kind of (laughs) it's like baby adult kind of yeah like a baby adult that's totally that that really (laughs) resonates with me awesome so before we wrap up I'd love to ask you five rapid fire questions yeah let's go all right so what's your favorite summer treat ice cream love it uh tv or film tv uh who's your celebrity icon harry styles oh should i guess that one (laughs) (laughs) one thing you could tell your 16 year old self i love you (laughs) oh that's so sweet uh one thing you're most looking forward to um Ooh, getting to travel again, getting to uh, see more of the world. Awesome. Thank you so much, Aviva, for coming on the show. Thank I've had so you, much Kayla. fun with you. Yeah, me too. This right. was so yeah. lovely. Thank this you is so Kayla Jackson, and thanks for listening Clearing It Up. Please subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast and leave an awesome review. Please follow me on Instagram at IamKayla.Jackson and tell your friends and family to do so as well. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-